Intentional Education Podcast challenges the current one-size-fits-all approach to education. Here, you'll learn frameworks and tools to empower you to build your own child-led schooling. I'm Astrid, former school director, now boy mama, that shares all things alternative education to include Montessori and forest education and non-traditional schooling. Each episode, you'll leave with more tools to support your children in their lifelong journey of learning. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I am so glad you're here. So this week I wanted to talk about the three non-negotiables that I have learned over the course of 10 years in education. They are the three reasons why I would probably have the hardest time going back to teaching in a traditional education setting. But they're also just lessons that have cost me a lot of learning time with students and, you know, over throughout the years. And I think that they're just so critical to incorporate into whatever education journey it is that you're choosing, whether it is homeschooling, whether it is alternative schooling or micro school, whatever it is that you're choosing to, whatever path you're choosing to go down. I think that if we keep these three things at the center of any journey, um, we're going to see students who A, love to learn, B, are more engaged in what they're doing and learning, um, and just having more fun, right? It's bringing that joy back into education. I certainly have found that throughout my course of teaching, and I'll talk a little bit more about my journey as an educator and as a teacher um, throughout the episode. So the number one most important aspect in teaching and education and in whatever journey it is that you're on is that connection will be curriculum, um, apps, daily schedule, a hundred times out of a hundred times. It is the, at the most root of learning is having a connection with the person that you are going to be learning from. So, (laughs) my first year teaching, I was very by the book. I was very professional. I didn't share much about my personal life um, in in anything, whether it may be with my students or uh, very little with colleagues. Um, I, you know, I kept to the prescribed curriculum that I was given um, and it didn't go badly by any means. I mean, there were certainly rough moments and I think any first year teacher will tell you the same or any teacher in general will tell you that their first year teaching obviously was not the best that they could have done. Um, But it just left little room that that rigidness that I had um, that I was taught um, throughout college, right? It left little room for connection and listening to the needs of the students that I was teaching. And so this really led to uh, not a power struggle, but it just led to, this is what we're learning about today. And it just left little room for students to incorporate their own sense of belonging and identity. And I think that was so hard. So in contrast with my second year where I just fully embodied student led learning, I gave them the freedom to pick different ways for them to show me that they knew a concept. Um, we went outside more to work and play. We 
you know, we played more games together as a group, which led to a greater sense of community and a greater sense of like, I've got your back, um, which just fed into, you know, students feeling more confident. And it also led to students helping each other more because we had that sense of community. Um, and I will say like that my second year, we used up every second of the school year. Um, I had a really cool idea for a documentary project that my sixth grade students did and they were so engaged into it because I had taken the time to build the community, build the connection, and then also give them the freedom to choose what they were building their documentary on. I gave the frameworks and they gave the content, they did the research, they incorporated the um, different like documentary strategies. They created the story. Um, we, like I said, we used up every single, they, they did not bother me at all about using every second of the school year. They were so engaged in the project. They were so invested in it that it was pretty hard not to notice their enthusiasm. Uh, the second one that, the second lesson I've kind of learned from the classroom is, when we can understand that, yes, we are teaching them and yes, they are learning, but when we can better understand ourselves as a guide to their learning, I think the better off that we're going to be. And and this kind of ties along with the first one as well, where it's when we lose that rigidness of like, sit down, I'm going to teach you and here you go. Um, here's the lesson. Here's the curriculum. Here's the content. Um more of the here's what we are going to be learning about or really making it about here that's here's the topic and allowing them the freedom to choose where they want to go with the topic or how they want to show that they know um you know I can remember the look on my sixth graders uh sixth grade students face when I said you know what I don't know the answer to your question, but let me look it up for you and get back to you. Her face was like complete and utter shock and awe. It was a learning moment for me where it felt as though no adult or teacher or, or I guess anyone in her life had told her they don't know something, which maybe was the case. Maybe it wasn't the case. I'm not quite sure, but it was like, she was kind of like in stunned silence, like, okay. And then later on throughout the day, when we had time, we both looked it up together and I really was walking her through like, okay, this is what I'm researching or this is, this is the question you asked. Let's see what the answers are. And we really dissected what the important key information was there. Um, it was just really telling to me and it was, like I said, a learning moment for me where it's okay to tell our kids that we don't know something or that we don't have all of the answers. It, it makes it so much more of a we and we are learning rather than a I know all and I, here is what I'm going to teach you. Because um, at the end of the day, there's no lack of information out there. But when we become a guide to our students learning, it really is our job to teach them how to use that information that's out there and either A, translate it in a way that makes sense for them or help them learn about how they can, how they process information, or that there are multiple ways to get the same answer, right? Um, 
So it it really, when we shift our thinking into I'm going to teach you something, whereas I'm going to guide you through a lesson or guide you through a project, um, there's just a different shift in thinking and expectation that goes along with that. And then my third lesson is when we standardize student learning, the further we push them away from their desire to learn. So we had some ridiculous an initiative one year where students had to take notes a specific way because, you know, the research out there was that this way was the way for all students to take notes for maximum retention and learning. And if you've listened to my other episodes, right, we know that traditional education settings are very much based on standardized learning and standardized testing. And so in order for our students to maximum retain and and mac- maximum retain their learning, um, this was the way, right? Um, I hope you can sense my sarcasm here. But to state the obvious, it went horribly wrong in my classroom. Maybe it was the way that I taught it. You know, you never know. I don't I always want to fault the the strategy, right? Um, but you know, the, 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 the way that they had them take notes, you know, it had worked for some, not for others, obviously, but the number one thing that they hated was that they were forced to use this method. And I could just feel the revolt coming in my classroom where it was like the moans and groans. It was the specific setup of how to take notes. It was, um, I could just feel them like slowly revolting and, you know, pushing the boundaries as, you know, appropriately sixth graders are going to do when they hate doing something or when they are forced to being forced to do something they're just like us right like when we're forced to do something or when when we feel like we have to do something it doesn't feel good it doesn't sit well um and more more often than not if we feel like we're being forced it doesn't become something that we want to do um so you know which you know just bringing that back, right? It kind of makes my point. It's our duty to show kids multiple ways to do things so that they can then decide which one works for them. Um, We don't want to decide for students that they're a visual learner because A, what if they're not? B, what if they learn information in multiple ways? Um, But if we don't expose our students to multiple ways to learn something um, or to make a process out of something, then we're, we're doing them a disservice really. So when, when we force them to, to use just one method and one method only, not only do we limit them and their learning, but we also teach them that there's only one right way to do things, which I think for me later on translates into more anxiety, more um, depression, more perfectionism. Um, And so it can really lead to this, uh, it can really have a snowball effect. So no matter what path you are on in your education journey, journey, if you keep these three things in mind, one, connection over curriculum, two, be a guide, Um, We are not all-knowing, and when we come from a place of guiding rather than teaching, it becomes freeing for both of us and our kids. 
And number three, less standardizing and more exposing to multiple strategies, the better our students are going to be equipped to handle different problems and obstacles that come their way. So I can promise you that with these three things at the forefront of your teaching, learning and teaching and guiding will become so much easier. So I hoped this helped you. Um, you know, I'd love to know your thoughts and feedback on it and, you know, how you implement this in your education journey at our Instagram handle at Intentional Education Podcast. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into the Intentional Education Podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd appreciate you dropping a review. You can also find me on Instagram at Intentional Education Podcast. Until next week.